Hi, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Small Talk. I'm Amy, and this is my fiance, Maggie. Hello. Together, we are Thinker Thema, and this is our series, Small Talk, where we talk about some smaller box or filler games, and we answer some infrequently asked questions. Yes. You yes. really only need to ask us once, and we'll probably yeah. answer it on the show. <laughs> so keep them coming. Um, if you want to ask us something, please drop it in the comments, and we will try to get to it um, in the very next episode. Yeah. So today... We have something exciting because when we got to 5,000 subscribers and we're almost at 10, which yes. is amazing. That's so, yeah, it's so wild. Incredible. Yeah. Um, we asked for postcards. We did. And our amazing uh, background when we do back chat and mm-hmm. um, our usual studio has all of these 100, post- 100 plus postcards. Yes, from around the globe, which is from amazing. Everywhere. Yes. Our wish list of destinations we want to travel to. I know, has escalated. Like now it's an unsurmount- unsurmountable list it really of is. destinations. But we'll yeah. give it a red hot go. Yes. Um, and these um, kind of slowed down a little bit because, yeah. you know, we were collecting them over a long amount of time. But today we do have a couple that have, have come yeah. through. Literally a couple two a couple yes. so we have actually our second christmas card that we received which just came through all the way from germany yeah um and let me read this to you it says upside down mm-hmm. hey remember um what show was it with the upside mr squiggle where it'd be like upside down up, uh, okay um hey amy and maggie thank you for a lot of relaxing monday evenings during the last year it's been a pleasure see you next year and then a lovely drawing. I don't know if Aww. you can see that on yeah, there, but I love it's that. really awesome. Yeah, yeah, this yeah. is from Flo. Thank you so Thank much, you, Flo. Flo, uh, we're so happy that you can spend your Monday evenings with us. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Oh, that's me then. Um, I've got a postcard. I'm just going to put this down. Um, got a postcard from Tom. Uh, Tom says, hi, Amy and Maggie. This is Tom from Boston, Massachusetts in the US. I am a thinker and a themer and a fellow non-co-upper. Yes, mm-hmm. we don't. We don't we really don't co-op. tend to co-op. We don't cooperate. I'll solo, but even yeah, even co-op mm-hmm. games that I solo, I don't tend to enjoy co-oping them. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll only co-op with myself. <laughs> Sounds um, about right. So your channel, and Tom says, so your channel is one perfect. Oh, stop it. Uh, two in my top two board game channels with Rado, and we oh, love Rado. We love Rado. So we love Rado. That is so. Thank you so much. That, that is, is some, really lovely. That is some uh, very lovely company to keep. Absolutely. <laughs> so, um, Tom also says, I love your authenticity, honesty, openness, and approach to discussing our hobby and the games we love to play. Hugely valuable. And the picture that you see here um, is. The is the front of the harbor in Rockport, Massachusetts, a place not too far away from the coast where my family and I spend a lot of time in the summer. And fun fact, I love fun facts. Amy's usually like, Ugh. I'm like, hey, fun fact. And you're like, what now? But I actually, yeah, I do love fun facts. I imagine you won't mind this fun okay. fact as much. The lobster shack is called Motif Number One. It's known as the most often painted building in the US. Wow, so, that yeah. is a fun fact. See, I like actual fun facts. I don't think my fun just, facts are that fun. They're just facts. Mostly. They're okay. trivia. Okay. Nine, Trivial trivia. Nine times out of ten, it's like, did you know that this song was originally written for I somebody else? Love and then that person didn't want to do it. Trivia. And so this person picked it up and then okay. it was, yeah. So that I, is usually. Yeah, that is one of my. Uh, Common go-tos. I 
I don't know why. I love behind the scenes stories of music. Like this one was actually written by this other person and this one was intended for this person. I went through all these different hands and then, yeah, I, I love that so much. And it's even more fun when the song comes on the radio for the 10th time and Maggie is like, hey, fun hey, fact. I know. <laughs> you already told me. I so, know. Anyways, this was an actual fun fact that for was a fun uh, fact. Amy thank as you, well. Tom. So thank you, Tom. <laughs> thank and you, a Tom. beautiful postcode as well. Now, we received in the mail a mystery package from an anonymous sender. So this is part showing off what we got in the mail, but also a call out to whoever sent us this. Please reveal yourself. And don't take credit if this wasn't you. That's that's naughty. <laughs> yeah, that <laughs> is naughty. like 20 people claiming yeah, credit. Wait a second. <laughs> yeah. You kind of all sent it to us. Mm, um, yeah. So we had a, a notification that we had a package mm-hmm. and we went to check it out. And it was this incredible set. Well, you can talk about it. It's yes. It's definitely so a Maggie present. First, it took me a little while to figure out what it was because it's, um, and, and I'll, I wonder if you will know if I give you, it's almost like a component guess. So there's this. It's uh, it's like a um, what material is this? It's like a resin or acrylic, yeah, like an acrylic. But it's obviously a holder for pieces of a game and, and a card. then and a card, possibly there. It's like a double yeah. layering, and it's got this sort of really nice. What is that material? It's like it's a like a piece felt of yeah, felt. Yeah, so it's back. like quite nice on the table, soft, not non scratchy. Yes, and then you have uh, these little tokens, which I'm I, I'll actually I think we'll put on the screen as mm-hmm. well. So you have these little tokens, some um, black tokens and some uh, greenish tokens, and some of you'll be like, "Oh, easy, I already know what this is." And then, and I still couldn't figure out what that was. <laughs> and then, because the other thing is that they come with like a protective uh, white paper layer like mm-hmm. a sticker on them and so then it wasn't until I revealed these two little tokens so one of them has a red heart and the other one has a blue brain that I was like I know what this is these are premium components for Arkham Horror and these are beautiful it's like again I don't know if it's like a resin or an acrylic token just absolutely stunning and gorgeous and a um yeah the investigator so, holder so you'd put your beautiful. card there and that's where you would be putting in any damage that you're taking and i'm assuming well. this person well first of all if you sent this you must this is how we can narrow it down mm-hmm. but not really you must be watching and know that arkham horror is a recent love of yes. maggie's a recent yes. discovery and she's gone down a bit of a rabbit hole mm-hmm. and the second thing you must know is that you play it solo because they sent you one yeah, player just board, one. just the one player board, yeah. knowing that I wouldn't be joining you I in mean, this little journey. I mean, it's incredibly generous. So generous. And I cannot sort of convey how grateful I am and how excited I was when I actually like figured out what it was. Um, it's from the, um, I think the, the people who the manufacture website. it, the yeah. website is called Team Covenant. Mm. Um, this is sort of like the yeah the the logo so um, if even if you don't want to reveal yourself a huge a huge thank you yeah like a a surprise when people send us things because it was so amazing so generous that that was really that was yeah that that didn't just make my day that made my week my month (laughs) it's so cool (laughs) it is so cool and it's definitely going to cost us more money because i know now that maggie has this she's going to be like okay now i really want to get the the next expansion already on the cards it was on the cards every time we go into a game shop now like straight mm, to the arkham yeah 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 so so i'm very very excited the and there were lots of um in the comments from the previous uh, episode when i when i talked about arkham horror there were a lot of there was a lot of guidance as to where to next so i've been keeping an 
eye out because I know apparently there's going to be a new format that is going to be kind of like an all-in-one for all the different campaigns and it's going to be, make it a little bit easier. So I'm really looking forward to that. At the same time, I don't know if I'll be able to to hold, hold out. out. I'm pretty sure that I'm going to be just like getting yeah. one even before uh, yeah, the uh, Fantasy Flight Games uh, releases it. Yeah. But um, yeah, so I'm, I'm super, super excited. I'm really, really grateful. I've been, I've been chatting to people um, uh, like via email as well in terms of, you know, where I should go, what, where I should start or, or tips and so. One thing for sure, Arkham Horror has some really big fans. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> We're getting yeah, emails and people offering to actually, people in Melbourne offering to play with yeah, you yeah so Which is awesome. this is exciting yeah. super exciting so you. thank you for me <laughs> yeah and for you you get some time by yourself some more alone like, times yeah, yeah. so thank you thank you yes. so much so um now with those out of the way we will probably move on to some iaqs all right we've so. only got a few of them um this week and if i've missed any again please drop them down in the comments mm. below uh but we'll start with jeffrey who asks, what is our ratio of played to unplayed games? Is it ever a case of we're not allowed to buy any more games <laughs> until we play them all? That would be the responsible thing to do. <laughs> uh, but, don't, no. <laughs> but, not, but not the realistic thing to no. do in this house, at least. Um, so, yes, I would, I would like to say that we are responsible like that, but we're, we're not really. The rate yeah. of games coming in is much faster than the rate of games going out. Especially because we backed so many games in the, in the mm. last couple of years, and now they're all flowing through. So it does feel like there is a constant stream of new games yeah. that are coming in. And then we get all these wonderful recommendations in the comments. Like if we do a review, then someone might yeah. say you should try this. Or if if we publish a top 10 list, it's like, where is this game? It's like, oh, I haven't tried that. So yeah. we're constantly, well, I'm constantly buying games. Mm -hmm. Also, there was some big Boxing Day sales. I love the Boxing oh, yes. Day sales. Some of the uh, friendly local game stores in our mm. area have some great sales on Boxing Day. So mm. I did ugh, buy quite a few games. I would say say maybe around 10 games just that sounds about on boxing right. day yeah and so they're just constantly being added well, okay but um, you know stop stop uh what do you call it sort of skirting around the the uh, the main question ratio of play what's the ratio games? give us a number what what's your guesstimate i would say look i don't think it's that bad actually yeah, I, I think I would we agree. yeah, I think we do we have an area or we have a couple of cupboards that have games that are unplayed in them. Yes. And I must admit I haven't opened the doors of those cupboards recently <laughs> <laughs> because we've been playing like the ones that come in even newer. I think that's the danger is that you buy some games that are older and then a game mm. arrives and it's like the hotness or a game arrives and yeah. it's like a new Kickstarter and it always like takes our it attention. It is tricky because it's like not just because it's the hotness but also it's the thing that everyone's talking about and everyone's asking about and so you you kind of feel like well I want to play it now so that mm. I know what it is that people talk and join the conversation essentially which then yeah means that the older games just sort of like just sit in the corner, <laughs> yeah. you know, with the violin. I would of. say there's about 20 games. Like new games that we have never yes. played. Yes. And what's the ratio to the... And I would say we have about 300 All right. So that's games currently, probably more. Yeah. That is okay. on our things to do this year is to um, actually catalogue or like try and work out how many games we actually have that are yes. all around the house. Yeah. Um, and then 
obviously work to culling it back yes. to a more curated collection. Yes. Just the essentials. Just what you really need when you're the using. essentials. Just an yeah. essential 200. Just an like, essential. <laughs> I think what's a good, what's it? well, that's another question. Like what's a good size? Like what's a good um, collection size? Is it 100? Is it 50? I don't know. I think it depends on the person. I also would think it depends on the types of gamers you have in your life. Because if you've got a broader range that's of true. people, you might need a broader range of games. Yeah. And I guess, it, yeah, it depends on the type of. Yeah, if, if you're, you're a collector a, and you yeah, want to have the full set exactly, of something you need the full versus sets. I'm more practical. I'm more like I want to only have the things that I'm going to be playing or I can see opportunities to play them. If you have a thinker and a themer in your life, yes, you need it'll to double the, double the collection <laughs> size. Okay. Um, yeah, so thank I'm you, Jeffrey. So I would say it's less than 10% of our yeah. games are unplayed. Right. So That's not it's bad. a comfortable level. But, mm. you know, if we ever have to go back into lockdown or anything at least we know we have a lot of games to get us I through. I mean yes but also it's not like during lockdown there weren't more, more games, games coming, coming through. Shh, shh, shh. Okay the next question is from String808 um, who says our gateway games what are our gateway games that introduced us to our favorite mechanisms? Okay so for us not yes. the ones that we used to uh, introduce other people yeah yes yeah for us personally which i think we've covered a little bit but maybe yeah. not for, framed from mechanism so mm-hmm. i would say one of our favorite mechanics in a game is uh worker placement yes and the game that really introduced us into worker placement was viticulture yes viticulture so, would be the one yeah so that is a great um place to start for mm-hmm. worker placement and the reason that it's so great i think is because the steps are so linear it makes sense it makes sense it makes yeah. sense what you're trying to do if you're trying if you're starting all the way from building up your vineyard mm. all the way through to delivering cases of wine yeah like what are all the steps in between and because everyone's going through the same the same seasons, seasons. at the same time it, it makes it easier as well to kind of bring people along and teach them if it's their first time playing yeah it's like, like there's a, yeah. only a confined yeah. or a restricted number of worker action I also, that you can take it was again another gate well it, it introduced me to games that can have one feel thematic even though they're a euro and then two that can have multiple pathways to victory particularly if you go into like uh, Tuscany mm. where there's a lot more the board really opens up and you have all these other different alternative ways of getting all those points you're mm-hmm. not just locked into fulfilling um, orders is the only way so, mm. yeah, that was the other one. And yep. then deck building, that would be Dominion. Dominion. Um, that 100%. introduced us to that. Yes. And just that had one of those real early gamer light bulb moments of oh. just what is this and I how do I get more of this in my life? That trigger that addiction, that whole, oh, I just want this again and yeah. again and again and more. And I think, and like then I would, because it was friends of ours who, who had the, the game. And at the whole week, I would be waiting for that next time that we were going to catch up and have games night because I would just be thinking, oh, okay, next time I'm going to use these cards and I'm going to string these ones together and I'm going to try it. Yeah. So that was, yeah, agreed. Yeah. And then for a lot of other mechanics, I, I don't strongly tie them to a particular what your, game. What was your gateway rondelle? What was the first rondelle? Oh, I don't know, but I, I do know that I really fell in love with rondelles through heaven and ale mm-hmm. that was just yeah you know so and and great western trail yeah but these games really showed me what a rondelle could be and you know that kind of has led down that path I can't think of the first polyomino tile game we played and I can't think of the I... first roll and write that we played I'm I feel just... like the first polyomino tile that we would have played would have been actually quite earlier on and it didn't it didn't latch on at that time. I think it might have been 
um, I don't know, because I was saying patchwork, but you don't really, you're not really polyomining no, your... I don't know if that was the first uh, one. It was certainly early. Garden. Yeah. Um, I feel like it might have actually been... Feast I mean, for Tetris. Odin. It was Tetris. No, but not on a board. <laughs> not on a board. But like, I think it actually <laughs> might have been a Feast for Odin because we actually got into Feast for Odin quite earlier on in our, mm. and so that was the, and, it, and that was before a lot of the other, or maybe cartographers. Cartographers, I think, might have been. That definitely wasn't the first. Then Flip and Ride, Welcome to, would have been our first Flip and Ride, I think. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. You're very it's, confident in your no, but then you talk, well, you don't have an no, alternative. I definitely know that Patchwork was before Feast for Odin, for example, yes. but I can't, I can't quite, the timeline, what is time? I don't know. I am really, I feel like I'm just in this journey yeah, for yeah. board games and I can't quite piece together the years and things. Mm. We started getting into board gaming in a very serious way, probably around 2014, 2015. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I would say that we, yeah, we kind of, we're fairly new-ish. Like we've played a lot of games in that time. Yeah. But I still feel like, you know, there are a lot of older games that we probably haven't been introduced to yet and that we're still trying to backfill our knowledge Yeah. Of. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's more like which one's got us into it. Like yeah. which one were our gateway. What other mechanics can you think of? Area control? Yeah, Something hand being- management. I'm not sure. This is There's really uninteresting. So it's not. Really... I think it's interesting. <laughs> no, only because I can't remember anything. Oh gosh. Yes. We need My to get you some. Yeah, I have actually I have a really terrible memory, memory booster in of some... general. I'm actually yeah. surprised that I can hold as much information about board games in my mind as I can because in mm. generally speaking my everyday life I have a terrible short-term memory and a terrible long-term memory. I have a very yeah, I agree. I I, I also have a I don't have a great memory for a lot of data and information mm. and I will shed through it very quickly if it's not if relevant it's no and it's not being obvious. used mm. unless it's random things like 90s lyrics that for some reason I think yeah. it was the time I where think... we learned them is when when our brain was at its prime yeah and it just retained and so now it. 90% of our brain is taken up by 90s music lyrics Super you know when helpful. a song comes on and you're like oh why do I know every why word do I know every song? yeah <laughs> this is use- useless space yeah <laughs> yeah um so thank you for that question. Sorry we couldn't answer it better than yeah, that. Yeah, sorry we're so crap at answering yeah, that, that question. Yeah, that was bad. Um, then 900 are uh, – actually, 900 didn't ask me a question. 900 is a, com- a, a frequent commenter, mm. and thank you for watching, and yes. um, was actually telling us in the comments mm. last week that they have a tradition called Tiny Tuesday, and on Tiny uh, yeah. Tuesday yeah. they play small box games um, and they play one game that's new to them and one game that's an old favorite that's kind cool. of game, yeah. small box game. I thought that was really cool. Yeah. And we don't have traditions like that, but I wonder if some of the other viewers out there, you do have traditions like that. Do you have a set day where you play at home? Like even if it's just with your household, is, is there like a set game day? Mm. Or do you have different themes for different days? Wow. Well, that is, that is well Tiny Tuesday, this- it's just a, a small box um, maybe we just borrow that and we like kind of mix that with mash it up with taco Tuesday and it's like tiny taco tiny ta- Tuesday tiny, but not tiny tacos no I like we also tacos. have tiny tacos <laughs> just have a lot more of them but you have to make sure the tacos happen well before any board gaming hits the yeah, table because tacos yeah. are messy tacos are and messy. then we do a full wash hands clean up the table and then we go into the the small box games or maybe just keep the games and the tacos on different nights 
but they're both on the Tuesday. So what are you going to do? Well, I like the idea of Tiny Tuesday. I just wanted to share that. I Work replacement that was Wednesdays. Awesome idea. Oh, mechanics, <laughs> a different mechanic Mechanics Mondays. Um, what else? So Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Uh, Thursday? Fantasy Fridays? Oh, no. No, yeah. Um, Space Saturdays? No. We're unavailable. <laughs> We're filming that day. We're filming that yeah. day. Sorry, we can't make it. Um, thank you for that question. It wasn't a this question. Is, I was just making that up. This is going to stay with me now. I'm going to try and figure out something for every day of a the week. A theme for every day of the week. Yeah. Put it in the comments. What are your suggestions? Yeah. Too bad Arkham Horror. There's no A day. No, but it's like Mystery Monday. Solo Sunday? Yes, Solo <laughs> Sunday. That's good. Okay. Sky asks, given our love for playmats. <laughs> Sky asks, given our love for playmats, do we intend to make one as merch? We would love to have I would one as love merch. That. We love playmats. That yes. would be so awesome. And I've actually looked into that like multiple times. Just for us. Even just for us. Yeah. yeah. Even like as a present for Amy or a present just to, for us to have in the household. And mm. they're just, they're so expensive to make, like to manufacture. Yes, they are yeah. quite expensive. They're expensive anyway, but also with merch, we had so many troubles with that merch. That was a saga as it well. It was such, yeah. such a saga because, yeah. um, you know, everyone is everywhere and so having someone that can do drop shipping mm. and get uh, merch everywhere and we don't have to have, you know, a garage full of every size of every yeah. item <laughs> yes. and then send it from Australia, which is the least convenient place to send so from. So expensive to ship In from. the world. Yeah. And um, then all so, the, yeah. Yeah. And so it was, miles and well. then of course the places that are big enough to be able to offer those services don't have the kind of cool, interesting products and especially not gaming related yeah. products that we would like. So, yeah. but if anybody has any thoughts on where we could get some bespoke gaming products manufactured, mm. please drop it yeah. in the comments. Love to hear. Absolutely. We are all all, we're open to all and any ideas in yes. that regard. So um, sorry to disappoint Sky, but hopefully one day. One day. Um, and Jake simply asks, are we based in Sydney and do we regularly game somewhere? No, we're based in Melbourne. We're based in Melbourne. Yes. But, you know, Sydney is a short one hour flight away and we Or a often... seven hour drive away. <laughs> seven hours. <laughs> Not as short. Um, but we are trying to get out and about in um, Australia to more game days and yeah. things. We would love to come along to some Sydney game days once uh, this you know n- new wave of COVID settles yes. down. Yes. Uh, we will be traveling around. We had tickets to go to uh, PAX AU, which um, is based here in Melbourne. So if you make mm. it down to an event like that, obviously this one got postponed or cancelled. PAX Unplugged. Is that a PAX Unplugged? PAX Unplugged. Yes. 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 Um, the Australian edition. Yes. Um, yeah. So, you know, come down and we would love to meet you there. Otherwise, yeah. we will try and get to some Sydney game days. But that's all the questions I have for now. But mm. I did want to raise a topic that came up as part of our, our members' uh, Discord. A lot mm. of people were sharing their meet cute. How um, they met their partner. Yeah. After yeah. our conversation last week about mm-hmm. uh, love languages, there was lots of discussion oh, yeah. about love languages, but then also people talking about how they met their partner. Yeah. And one of the Joey Fam members, I won't name by name, mm-hmm. um, posted in the Discord and asked um, us to match make for her mm-hmm. and that is to and specifically requested a gamer so a board, yeah, board gamer. game loving person please yes. introduce me to the love of my life and they must also love board games <laughs> yes. was the request yes and well firstly oh, i love the idea of matchmaking i'm don't Amy actually is 
Yeah, <clears throat> I, I genuinely think this is your calling, even though I've never actually seen you exercise. But it. this is what I mean. I've you never love exer- it so much. I do. I really, really do. And I think it's because I love understanding people. Mm. And when you, you know, certain people have uh, like a vibe about them, or mm-hmm. they've. Like you know, their unique quirks, their uniqueness. Yeah, their quirks there. and the the way that they they process information. Mm. I like to connect the way that people are similar, the ways that people are similar okay. or different yeah. to each other. So quirks, compatibilities or like yes. uniqueness, eccentricity yes. matching. And yes. whether that's like their energy as well or mm-hmm. their hobbies as well, Yeah, um, all of those different pieces. So in my mind, I love matchmaking. I love TV shows, anything to do with matching people up. Yeah. I absolutely love like first dates. I love that show so yeah. much. I've watched all of the UK edition of that show mm-hmm. um, and shows like, um, Me, my millionaires, the millionaire, millionaire matchmaker. matchmaker, which is full of problems, <laughs> that show. Um, but I just loved that whole series. Yeah, as I think well. that's, that stopped. Like, I haven't seen any. It hasn't been on for yeah, a while. Yeah, yeah. Um, I just so, remember the, yeah, anyway, the screeching in the background. <laughs> like, what, what are you watching now? Yeah, we have digressed. Um, <laughs> so in order to help this friend, um, we have been thinking about hmm. how do you actually match make in the board gaming hobby mm. or how what would that look like? And one thing I was thinking about was would it make more sense to match people as opposites attract, have mm. one thinker and one themer? Yeah. This could get awkward, this conversation. Controversial. Or should we have <laughs> couples that are two thinkers and two themers? Discuss. Yeah. Well, I feel like, again... It, you know, in matters of love is it's, there's a lot of variables. It's, I don't think it's, it can be that easily distilled down to one thing because we know that there's going to be pros and cons to either. If you have two thinkers, it may mean that then you have more games in common, potentially. That's right. You potentially. Can, but you're always thinkers up for the different, same games. But the, the, yeah, that's the other thing. Like you maybe have thinkers who are into different, like they have different preferences of gaming styles. That's true. So they both may be appreciating the mechanics, but their tendency or the things that they enjoy are different types of mechanics. Mm-hmm. So that may not work. Um, and then you have, you have, you know, a themer, well, themer, themer. I think a themer, themer relationship would be really strong. Don't get any ideas. Um, a theme, a theme, <laughs> relationship. Imagine all of the cooperative, especially if you're both into like fantasy or dungeon crawlers. Ooh, like I imagine yeah. that would just be like hours and hours of together that would be time. Hours and hours. That of would just be. Like, and like, and you, and I can sort of imagine the, the full thematic immersion of like the music yeah. and then the setting the scene of like, you know, the, the set design that you would create around. Yeah. Unfortunately, around I am lacking in imagination. So Maggie, just that's fine. It's, that's not it's, a strength of our relationship. Lucky I'm a big <laughs> multiplayer solitaire at the best of times. So that's fine. I'm happy to like, I'm an only child. I'll entertain myself. That's, okay. that's fine. But I think, I think a thema relationship. Mm-hmm. Obviously, it can work. It'd be awkward if I said it didn't. Um, <laughs> it's doomed. It's doomed. Doesn't work. Don't recommend. Um, <laughs> Zero out of ten. Yeah. I think a theme relationship can work. But I tell you something interesting. Well, not interesting. But if you know our channel, mm. we are 
Obviously, we enjoy different components of games, different mm-hmm. aspects of games. Yeah. But I think our taste is very similar. Yeah. So yeah. we're kind of on the edge of the thinker-thema side of things. So I still can appreciate a good theme. Maggie still appreciates some yeah. mechanics. And we both like competitive Euros. So mm. our, you know, our collection can, is one collection. Okay. It doesn't feel like... A mix of games. This is good for matchmaking as well. Because, you know, you have that whole thing of opposites attract. Mm-hmm. And you can have, like, polar opposites that attract. And it's a train wreck because it's just chaos mm. and it's not then sustainable. But then you can also have complementary. So when your opposites are actually complementary, that's mm. good. One of the things that, again, I'm no relationship expert, but one of the things that no. seems to be... <laughs> <laughs> seems to be a, a good indicator is values. So having shared values. Mm. So it doesn't really matter if you have different preferences. Yes. If your core values are similar, then that means that when it comes to the big the big issues or the big things in life, you you should be able to then at least see eye to eye with that I and agree. resolve things. But bring it back to games. Yeah, but that's what I mean. In yeah. the games, that's why yes. it's like the, what the values here would trans. Transpolate. Okay, I don't so know what the, what the word is, but it would. I have another question for you. Yeah, which is related. It would be like those preferences. So like our it's preferences related. are like our values. So then I've thought about. Yeah. If you were to hold a singles event. Oh, here we go. That was all board gamers, single board gamers, single ready to mingle. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's like a speed and then, date. Yes, of speed you board had gaming. speed dating, mm-hmm. but there was a short game that mm. you would play in the time that you were chatting to each other. Firstly, it helps to break the ice because as we all know, we've all made friends and some of you might have met your significant other Mm -hmm. um, playing games uh, because it it does help break the ice because you've got something to focus on. So it's not as stressful as a social situation with new people. You're just eating and you're like, so. Yeah, uh, exactly, because you're actually doing something. So what I was thinking though is if you were playing with a potential life partner, mm-hmm. wow. what would be the red flags that would happen <laughs> yeah. during the game? What would red be flag. the red flags? So well, I have what would some be, thoughts. Yeah, what, what would be your red flags? Well, one red flag would be if the person just lost all interest in talking to me and was just trying <laughs> to beat me. Oh, not so much beat you. Yeah. I'd just be like, what is this? Well, yeah. no, that I could be okay with. Okay. But if they were like, imagine if they were it's really like, aggressively focused. Just want to take you down. <laughs> yeah. And then just met you. I mean, yeah. that would be a pretty big red flag for me. Yeah. Personally. Yeah. Other people might not be bothered, but other people might be like, that sounds really attractive. <laughs> that sounds hot. <laughs> I can't relate, but hey, no judgment if that's, if that's if, your thing. If yeah. that's your thing. Yeah. Um, what else? Or, I think, uh, okay, how they handle losing. So if they, True. yeah, so if they just throw a hissy fit, just like get mad stroppy and it's just, which is what I can, I would never. Maggie would thing, walk like, out of the restaurant and be like, well, guess I'm not getting her number. <laughs> I would never do that in a, like in a, with friends or in like a meeting people situation or like I only get stroppy like that with you. And I think it's just now that there's like a really deep now level of comfort. Yeah, yeah that's comfort. true love. But, but yeah, <laughs> but, but if we were board game speed dating, I would never, because then in, in that instance, my focus wouldn't be like about the game, but but it's interesting because when I do get stroppy like that, I, and I don't as much anymore. But when I used to, it was because I didn't want to look stupid in front of you. I'm like, mm. oh, Aww. I don't want to look like an idiot because then I'm gonna look like she's gonna be like, why am I even with you? You can't even win this game. Okay, hold deep, on. Deep, deep. Oh, no, uh, I have a, a, another question about yeah. this situation. 
<laughs> yeah. When we first started dating, Maggie mm. and I, we obviously we went out for a few dinners and neither of us ate very much. Yeah. <laughs> so I and Emma, that's right. And order, Maggie still doesn't eat very much, but I would like order a whole pizza and then I'd eat one slice. And I am a huge eater, but I don't yeah, like that. Eating. That was, that was misrepresented. That was, real, was it? Misleading was advertising. False advertising. False advertising. That that's really was, was false. You're yeah. like, oh, she's so petite. And like, she, would be, very, would, be and she would be very cheap to feed. No, no. those would never be considerations. <laughs> Lucky. Because otherwise Lucky. I would have been very misled. Very disappointed because actually the reality is I'll smash a pizza. Then I'll be looking at ordering a second and probably like, asking Maggie if she's done. Bottomless <laughs> stomach of yeah. just keep food coming. Yes. And I forgot where my question, I, f- I totally forgot how well, this you was said- related. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah. So in a board game, mm. how does this translate in a board game? Would you play less aggressively or like not be willing to win? Like, I, I wonder what that, di- how that mm. dynamic would translate because I would be far less competitive. Actually, I'd probably be not very competitive at all because I'd be so interested in just meeting someone and engaging There's with them. So many layers here. That you- actually, how would you get a read on how competitive I am normally? Because I would be all like, oh, putting my best foot forward. Okay. Okay. I've got another layer for you. Mm-hmm. Could you be like this? There's a potential layer of being a bit patronizing or even just judging the person based on the moves that they're making because it gives you a bit of an indication of how they think. Oh, maybe. Or how good of that a match. Be, that would be pretty mean. Well, it's not mean. Like, it's, it's just, it's, that's why I said patronizing because it's like you're kind of thinking that you're like, oh, that I'm was better a terrible than you. move. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh. And yeah, whether, you know, whether you, whether they say it or not, it's like, ah, oh, like this, this is, that is Why a would red you flag. Do that? <laughs> yeah, that is a big red flag of an indication of what that relationship is going to be like. Every decision and choice. Maybe then. What if it was how close your scores are at the end? Does that mean you're more compatible because you're kind of at that same it's level a true of match? Yeah, the you know? intellectualizing. Yeah. You're both like either okay at the game or you're both mm. really awesome at the game. And does that mean that? You're a better match. I, I, and I do. Maybe you could then match up people based on their scores of a solo game. <laughs> Look out. Hey, that's not a bad idea. Yeah. Mm, I can feel how there There's might be a lot of that. problems. There might be a lot of problems in there. Probably. It, we would need a lot of play testing. This theory would need a lot yeah. of testing and yep. ironing out all the, the Yeah. So relatedly, the we're doing a call out for hundreds of singles in the Melbourne area <laughs> who like board games. <laughs> No, we're not. To run a uh, maybe one ma- day. matchmaking experiment. Yeah. yeah. Maybe one anyway, day. Maybe that's the next show. That we'll was film the whole thing. <laughs> we'll film the whole thing. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. And please don't ask us for relationship advice. But <laughs> if you have a story about how you and your partner met and it's board game related, I, yeah. even if it's not, I would love to hear it down in the comments. Mm. Like, please tell us, did you meet over some crazy board gaming story? I don't know what happened. Oh, I thought of one other thing. Yes. I would like to have a list of snacks and ask my opponent to order a snack and see which one they choose. And you would have like these red herring bad choices. I love in that there. you call them opponent, not my date. Not potential date. <laughs> my opponent. My Amy, my, my opponent in life. My opponent in life. Exactly. Um, my live-in opponent. Yes. And in this menu. They say keep your enemies closer. Yeah. In this menu, closer, you could closer. have tacos. Bad choice. That would be a red flag. <laughs> red flag. Cheezles, you could have tacos. Like, yeah. yeah, the cheesels or the twisties. Yeah, anything that's really uh, like and stain. 
uh, yeah, and then you can have thing. like you know things that are non greasy good choices. What is a good choice for a snack for a board gaming? There's, there's, I can't. There are I very few. Think of anything mm. that is really genuinely board game friendly. Yeah, but it's not going to because even if something's not going to leave like a stain mark, it might leave grease marks. It might that leave. That is true. Really it's... dry, unsalted popcorn. We're <laughs> like, <laughs> 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 uh, Anyway. Thank yeah. you for listening. That is our thoughts on wow. matchmaking in the board game. And why hobby. you should never come to us. And why a relationship you never advice. come to oh, us. Yeah. We'll um, try it. We'll probably make a mess of it. But yeah. Now, now we, we, should, why. we should probably talk about some games. Let's talk about some so games. So we do right. have five games to yes. talk about today. Mm-hmm. Um, the first game is a two-player only game. This is called Jekyll versus Hyde, mm. and it's coming from Mandu Games, and the designer is a Korean designer, and this game came out in 2021, so it's a fairly new release. Yeah. And when we did our top t- top 10, top 5, two-player games each, mm-hmm. this game came up a little bit in the comments, and some people yeah. reached out to us to talk to us about it, so I thought I'd pick it up. And this is a really cool two-player-only trick-taking game the way that this game works is one of you are representing uh, Dr. Jekyll mm-hmm. and the other is Mr. Hyde, that dichotomy of kind of good versus evil. Well, it's kind of, it's a... I knew you were going to stop me. Oh. I, I even paused after the theme oh. explanation. Because <laughs> I had always heard of Jekyll and Hyde and then I sort of went down the rabbit hole. Like, what is the book? Like, what's the story? And it's the whole thing is the the investigation of what is the mystery of the relationship between these two people. Spoiler alert, sort of pauses or skip this bit. Um, so, <laughs> so Dr. Jekyll, know. most people know, it's, like, it's not like this is a new, re- like the game is a new release. The story is not, <laughs> the a, story new, is not like, a new release. It's like the spoiler of Romeo and Juliet. Yeah. Um, don't tell anyone. So Dr. Jekyll kind of creates this potions or a way to turn into this other person, Mr. Hyde. I'm, I hope I'm not butchering the story. Mm. And then, and the idea is that, well, Mr. Hyde is the, the persona or the, the version that can kind of get away with all the, the sort of kind of the darker desires. And so they're the more evil kind of character mm. version. <clears throat> and so what ends up happening is uh, eventually from all that transformation and uh, the, if you do it too much, it gets to a point where then he, he kind of gets stuck as Hyde, mm. which is the evil one. And so he locks himself up and that's what's sort of being rep- uh, replicated in yes, the game. Because yeah. in this game, you have a play, uh, a game board, I should say, that folds out of this very small box mm. um, that represents those two sides of Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. And as Dr. Jekyll, you are trying not to let uh, Mr. Hyde overcome your identity yeah, or take over your identity. So what you're trying to do is really maintain yourself as uh, Dr. Jekyll. And the way that you're going to be doing that is by ensuring that your opponent um, always has the same number of tricks as you do in each round of the game. So mm. in each round of the game, you're going to get uh, 10 cards and those cards are going to be a mix of three different suits of cards as well as some potion cards. And what you're going to be doing is simply, as usual, a trick-taking game. The person who is leading the trick is going to play one card and the opponent is going to play another. Now, 
Dr. Jekyll is trying to make sure, as I said, that we have the same equal number of tricks, mm -hmm. whereas uh, Mr. Hyde is trying to ensure that that difference is as large as possible. So ideally, they would want one person to win all of the tricks mm. or lose all of the tricks yeah. because at the end of the round, and there's three rounds in the game, you're going to be taking the difference between the number of the tricks won mm. and move this incredible metal so great. Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde figurine mm. um, along the, the board between between you and basically if uh, Mr. Hyde can get that little marker from one end of the board to the other uh, by the end of three rounds they will win mm. if it doesn't happen then Dr. Jekyll um, wins yeah now managed to keep, keep the balance yeah now, there's some interesting twists as always with a trick-taking game mm. in this game there are three different suits, but those suits will be changing in order in terms of uh, which one can trump the other. Mm. And so there is a hierarchy that is on the board, and that is manipulated um, through a couple of different ways. First of all, when you start the game, the order in which the suits are played will set that initial hierarchy. But then you can play a potion card, which mm. kind of disrupts the game. Um, and the potions can have really three consequences. The first consequence is that they can change the hierarchy or basically remove the hierarchy so that it's reset and it starts again. Mm. The other um, thing that you can do is trade two cards with the other player. So force a trade um, between the two of you. And the, the third one is that you can actually steal a trick from their one tricks um, to help maybe balance it back out again or to create more of a difference. Mm. So those are the three things you can do using potions. But the little twist to that is when you play a potion, you don't automatically get to decide. You can attempt, uh, well, basically your potion is going to activate one of those three different actions based on the color card that your opponent has played. So if you play it after your opponent has played, it's going, you know that it's going mm. to activate that action. But if you play it first, you have to request a color for them to play. So mm -hmm. I would say, Maggie, I'm playing a potion and you have to play a red card. Yeah. Um, a wrath card thematically, if mm -hmm. you will. Um, and Maggie would then, if she has a red card, she has to play one and then it would activate the associated red action. Um, but if she doesn't have one, she would play another card, which would actually change the action of my potion. Yeah. Um, so I'm trying to make sure that Maggie has, I'm thinking Maggie still has that suit remaining in her hand yeah. when I'm requesting the action. Um, but basically that's kind of yeah. um, the game, a summary of the game. Um, I found this super fun actually yeah, yeah. I thought well, it was really I, good I really enjoyed trick taking so yeah. I think it was it was a really it was a an interesting spin on trick taking again it's cool to have a, a two player trick taking because usually they tend to be a higher player count I um I initially I struggled a little bit with the state of flux and the unpredictability because of those tokens and the potions and the things that mm -hmm. that happen with that but then as for the, you you know the more you play the more you start to kind of understand the role that they fit I still I, I kind of kept mentally comparing it with Fox in the Forest, which is the other kind of trick-taking two-player two game. Mm -hmm. I think, I don't know, I like them I like them both. I think I still, I really, really enjoyed this game. I think I still like the the the, the stability that Fox in the Forest has. Mm. I think that the element of that, you know, the, that flux and the all of a sudden, you know, tables are turned, um, it's it's fun, but I actually prefer to be able to almost have more 
I mean, it's not that it's perfect information, but it's almost like less less things thrown into the mix. Mm. Yeah. Whereas I I like both. I mm. found Fox in the Forest funnier. I find that a really <laughs> funny game. I don't yeah. know why. I think it's because I just can never beat Maggie. In this one, I felt as mm. though it was the strategy slowly revealed itself as it does in most trick-taking games. It takes you a while to understand the flow of the cards. I find myself at first, I was like, oh, that was a nice experience. Maybe, you know, we'll play it a couple of times and then Mm. we'll move it on from our collection because we have Fox in the Forest. But on reflecting on it, I kind of want to play it again. Mm. And that is always a sign of a good game. I think I'm just like thinking about that was actually really fun and I'd like to play it again. So um, that is, you know, a great endorsement. If you're looking for a two player trick taking game, check out Jekyll versus Hyde. Yeah. The next game that we're going to be talking about is a game that's going to come, uh, be coming up for Kickstarter and it's called Hens. Now in Hens, we are playing a, uh, what would you even call it? Like a hen's master, a hen's keeper, <laughs> a hen's, I, I don't, I, I, keeper of the hens, keeper of the hens, um, guide mm-hmm. of the hens. We're going to be keeping hens and we want to want to make sure that we are the best, uh, most effective and have the most prosperous group of hens uh, that we possibly can. And this is going to be gauged by the award winning hens that we end up having. So we have these sort of beautiful ribbons, the groups of hens that we end up creating that have, they'll be rated by eggs. So almost like their productivity. Um, and, uh, yeah, how many of them we're going to be able to score? Mm. And it's actually, it's, well, it's more of an abstract. Puzzle. It's very abstract. It's yeah. not hugely thematic. <laughs> game um, but it is a really interesting puzzle because what you're going to be doing is basically playing cards down in front of you to create a three by four or a four by three grid so either way you're going yep. to be playing down 12 cards and the way that this works is that you're going to have a hand of cards and you're going to be picking up new cards and then at the playing a card and discarding a card at the end of your turn. Mm. But what makes the draft interesting is that you can choose to draft from the center pile, which of course is a surprise because you're drawing from a deck, or you can draw from the discard pile of your opponent. So mm. that means that when you yourself are discarding cards, you're constantly thinking, is this what my opponent it needs and therefore do I want to Mm. discard it but the trick is at the end of every turn you're only going to have four cards remaining in your hand so it's a very delicate balance between stopping your opponent getting what Mm. they need versus you keeping the cards in the hands that you want because the puzzle that you're trying to solve in front of you is actually quite difficult you are trying to group like colored suits Mm -hmm. so there are different Um, each of the hens belongs to a different color, Mm. but also has a numbered value as well. If you want to place two hens next to each other, they either have to be the same color. So Mm. you can put a yellow hen next to another yellow hen and the number doesn't matter. Or it has to be, if they're different colors or different suits, it has to be plus one or minus one on the value of the card, which means that as you build out your grid, it becomes increasingly difficult to satisfy that condition from all different sides of the card. Yeah. And that's the puzzles. So what you're trying to do is create as um, the largest groups of certain colors. And the way this game scores is really interesting because at the end of the game, you're only going to be able to score the suit that you have the largest group of hens in. Yeah. And 
halfway through the game, you have a little token or um, a little a, rooster, a little rooster mm. um, and you are going to have to commit to what you think is going to be your second largest group. Yeah. And if you can do that correctly, I it doesn't turn out to be your largest group or and, equal largest and yeah. therefore score once. Mm. Um, if it is your second largest, you will get to score that group as well, giving you a huge boost in points, but it's a bit of a gamble and it's a really interesting twist in the game. Mm. Um, there's also a public scoring card that um, is uh, available for each like game, goal. which yeah, mm. creates a bit of variability because there's a goal that if you meet it, there's two parts to it and that's going to give you bonus victory points as well. Um, and at the end of the game, it's really the person with the most points that's going to win. Yeah. I really enjoyed this puzzle. I yeah. thought it was it was really clever. Yeah. Um, I really like the fact that you can draw from other people's discard card. That does um, add that element yeah. of like it makes you sort of think twice before you discard something. You're like, oh, and then it makes you, it forces you, what forces me, because you're pretty good at looking at what other people are doing. I'm very bad at looking at what other people are doing, but it forces me to have a look and go, wait, what's going to help Amy? What's going to help, you know, someone else? Yeah. And then discern before I discard. And there's a few games that um, have this similar feel, I think. Um, so if you think about the Whatnot Cabinet oh, or yeah, Jason C. Yeah, sort of thing. or if yeah. you think about Calico yeah. um, or all these games where you're thinking about what's going to fit in my puzzle and work with the things that are adjacent to it. Yeah. Um, Village Green uh, yeah. is another card game that is quite similar, although I would say Village Green is probably more difficult. Um, this yeah. is... I think more accessible, more accessible for a broader range of people around the table. Yeah. It's not, it's um, going to be much easier to teach as well. It's mm. um, kind of a fast, easy filler. It doesn't overstay yeah. its welcome. It says 20 minutes on here, two to four players. I think it probably took us about 20 minutes. Yeah, two players. I, I actually timed it and it was probably like 15 to 17 minutes is how, how long it was taking us. Yeah. yeah. So if you're yeah. looking for a little card game, puzzle filler type game with a really cute theme, yeah. um, check out hens on kickstarter i think i believe it's coming to kickstarter in january so yes. keep an eye out for this one but that yeah. is hens hens all right the next one i can never say this uh, and i was like acrotiri this uh, game this is the uh revised edition of acrotiri this game was on my it's just been on my list forever and for the longest time. Is it like time, a Holy Grail list? Holy it, Grail actually, small box? Actually, I've been wanting to try this game for so long. Probably because it's, um, it's, it's, it's been hard to get. It's been it was out of print for a long time mm. um, and even when it came back into print, it you know it sold out pretty quickly in mm. Australia and so I've been keeping an eye out for this one. And um, before we filmed our top two-player games, um, this was one that was niggly in the back of my mind mm. that, hey, we hadn't had a chance to play this um, before we made yeah. that list. What if it's we tried to backfill our knowledge as much as you should see the number of two-player games we played in such a short <laughs> amount of time over so, a few months. Yeah, um, it's a daunting pile of games. It was, that, yeah. but this was one that came in after we filmed, unfortunately. Um, but yeah, it, let's talk about the experience of this game. Yeah. So in our criteria, we are the best way that I think I could describe the theme is I feel like we're 
we're enterprising explorers. And so what we're going to be doing is we, we want to ultimately um, build or not build. Um, Excavate. Yeah, create, mm. set the, the most strategically placed excavation sites. And in order to do that, we're going to have to be, well, helping discover the land or putting out all these sort of tiles to explore and be able to reach those, those islands. Uh, and then it's also about the strategic placement is about what elements are to the north, south, east and west of where this excavation site is going to be. All of this is going to cost, uh, well, it's going to cost money. Um, and the way that we get money is as in our travels, we're going to be collecting resources that we, we can exchange for money. And then we can also exchange for maps that will help us with, well, what are the coordinates that I'm even looking for um, to find the perfect excavation site. Yeah. So it is a two player only game. Mm -hmm. And um, I think the most interesting part about this game is the way that you discover the areas where you can excavate a temple, because mm -hmm. on your player board, you're trying to lift the temples off your player board, because when you do that, you reveal um, a greater number of actions that you can yep. take. So you start, you bonuses. can only take three actions at the beginning. Um, whereas, you know, the more temples you remove, the more actions you're going to get with each turn. Um, but the, the way that you find these excavation spots is really interesting. When we are building out the world in front of us with the tiles and um, a number of different islands, each of those tiles has little icons on it that represent a different color of resource or a different type of resource, mm. if you're thematically minded. Um, and those... Which doesn't... <laughs> ends up being different colors. They don't yeah. really have any... Those yeah. colors are going to be represented on each of your temple goal cards, if you will, because um, you're trying to make sure that in order to fulfill a goal card it has to have those colors represented in the right parts of the board so mm. for wherever I want to put my temple it will require that certain um, colored resource dots appear above on the map to the left or right of the map and in um, below that spot on mm. the map so you're in control of building the map so you're trying to build it out in a way that suits your goal cards um, now the goal cards are quite interesting because you do need to pay in order to play them yeah your they maps mm -hmm. play the maps and you're going to get victory points at the end of the game to play them um, but you need money as Maggie mentioned mm. so a lot of the game is pick up and deliver as well so there will be resources going out on the board you need to pick them up in your little boat and you need to bring them back to the island of Thera to cash mm. them in for money to spend on more gold cards yeah um, there's also like a hidden objective well, card more map cards because yeah, there's the oh, gold sorry, cards more, are more like the more hidden cards. objectives yes. yeah um, and yes you do have hidden objectives as well mm -hmm. um, this game is Okay, so I obviously I wanted to play this for mm. so long. I didn't like this game to begin with. The mm. more we played it, the more it grew on me. And I can completely appreciate what people really love about this yeah, game. Yeah, because it's very well loved. It's a it's a very yeah. highly regarded game. And it I is. can see why. Yeah. yeah, I really liked it. I especially like the idea of those location-based map cards. Mm -hmm. I just yeah. think that's really clever. Um, what I didn't like so much about it is simply the mechanic of pick up and deliver. I'm not a huge fan of yeah. pick up and deliver in general. Um, and because it also that is combined with low interaction with other players, sometimes mm. when there's pick up and deliver combined with no one's going to upset my plans that yeah. much aside from stealing resources, yeah. it, 
and you it's know, not that much of it anyway. So yeah. it's like there's there's a fair few resources out yeah. there to collect. Yeah. Um, that at first it felt like a, a little long um, mm. for what I was trying to achieve. So I felt like a little held back from being able to do yeah. what I wanted to do simply because of the time it takes to go around the map and pick up things that you need and then deliver them back to there. Mm. Not my favorite mechanic. So mm-hmm. um, I, I don't think this would have made it into my top two player games, but yeah. I do really appreciate it. And the more we played it, the faster we got at it. Yes. Um, so I don't think game length is really an issue um, if you enjoy mm. this type of mechanic. Yeah, I would yeah. say that it, I agree that it wouldn't have made it to my top five of two player ones. I appreciate how much of the, yeah, it's like it, how much of that pick up and deliver and elements were able to be brought in into this such a tiny little mm. box because yeah, there's a lot, there's actually quite a lot going on. There's a, you know, as you're, as you're getting those tiles and expanding the territory and, and, or the, the discoverable land, then, then figuring out based on the maps that you already have, well, we, you know, where do I want to place this symbol? Because, mm-hmm. you know, you have that. But then the next thing that started to click for me is like, well, but also, you know, sometimes you can end up with a map, with a, a, uh, an island that you're like, oh, that's a great placement of an island. But then you realize that there's no, there's no path, there's no to, path it. to it. Or there's no way to really get to it. There's no yeah. docking port. Yeah. Or there's, and so that's another, like the consideration of like, well, where are these paths going to link and connect? So I do enjoy an appreciate a lot of the elements uh, of it i think yeah in I, pick up and deliver are, can be hit and miss mm-hmm. in our in our household mm-hmm. and so i for that reason it would be sitting a little bit lower i don't know yeah. if it's a game that we would keep for that for that for that yeah, reason yeah i'm not sure if we'll keep this one either no. only because it is like it is a big experience in a small box so you do yes. have to really enjoy it to you know commit to kind of getting this out and um and playing it i think the spatial puzzle is really clever and i mm-hmm. can see why people really enjoy it yeah lots of clever elements i think the yeah. other thing that may not resonate with you is this they can feel fiddly because you still you have that that oh, market no, I didn't find it too didn't no, I you didn't have that, that market of the goods and obviously the more goods are being placed on the islands the more expensive they become yeah and so as you're kind of replacing them and so sometimes I did find it's like okay and I go here and then I kind of unload those things and, and no, so that I was okay maybe, but I did have yeah. a huge question mark about the dolphin tokens and if you yeah. if you I'm not sure we were using them correctly but it comes with six dolphin slash fish tokens yeah that yeah. are meant to be used I believe to track your actions but in this game you end up with five or six actions yeah so it was a bit confusing to me why they only provided six of those tokens so if you know the answer to that question please drop it in the comments I'm thinking below now maybe maybe you're meant to have so like the active player has the tokens all of them but then, yeah, that, and then, but then you gain an extra one, yeah. Because then you, I don't you, want to be passing token. Maybe that is the answer, though. I don't. Uh, know. Yeah. Anyway, that is um, that is acroteri. Acroteri. Um, and the next oh, game is yes. Welcome to the Moon. It's a, a follow up to one of your favorite, um, well, favorite Roll and Rise, and what Welcome I still to. think was probably one of our. Our gateways into roll and write. Flip You're and probably write. right. I think it was yeah. for a lot of people. It certainly put roll and writes on the map or flip mm-hmm. and writes on the map. That is yeah. uh, on the map. <laughs> um, welcome to Welcome Ridiculous. to the Moon is a follow up um, game to Welcome to. There was Welcome to Las Vegas. I'm mm-hmm. not sure if we featured that on Small Talk. We do we own yeah. it. 
not my favorite game. Um, I felt like it overcomplicated Welcome To and took away yeah. from the simplicity of Welcome To. Mm. Um, Welcome To the Moon is really interesting, though, because in this game, um, if you're familiar with Welcome To, it works in a very similar way. You've got three piles of cards. You're flipping them over, and it's going to give you a combination of one number and one action. Mm. However, in Welcome To the Moon, there are eight different player boards. Mm. So instead of just having one map, it comes comes with actually um, a race dry erase dry boards. erase boards instead of paper which is fantastic yeah um, because Way you don't have reusable. to worry about running out mm-hmm. um, and it also comes with dry erase markers which we found to be very good yeah they're quite yeah pretty good quality little mini ones which yeah. are really cute um, and in this game there is a built-in campaign mode so you can play out each of the boards with the rule book which explains how each of the different maps differ or you can play through a campaign where you're following a story and the choices that you make in that story dictate the goal cards so if you're familiar with uh, welcome to there are three objective public objective cards that can be met by anyone the the first person to do so gets more points than Mm. everybody else um and the story actually dictates what those goals are and is kind of interwoven with what you're doing in the story I'm going to straight away say I did not enjoy the campaign mode, but that is no reflection probably mm. of the actual campaign mode. It's just not at all my thing. I'm going to I'm going to agree. <laughs> I like the concept of having a campaign going through it, but because the game itself is quite a little abstract kind of puzzle, I, I and also I think it's also because it's space and space is not one of those themes that we're into. Mm. I think I might have gotten into it more if it was a different theme. It's not badly written. It's not badly written. I just found that it was for me Mm. because there's eight different boards. The boards are really interesting and are great puzzles. I felt like if anything, the campaign mode was obscuring the rule sets that I needed to learn for each subsequent map. And so I really wanted to just focus on the beauty that is welcome to, as in the underlying, the underlying concept of welcome to, I think is so cleverly implemented across Mm. these different maps. Yeah. So completely different to uh, welcome to Las Vegas, which felt like a departure from what really worked about the game. Mm. This one I feel is it still has such a strong essence of welcome to yes. reskinned. Yeah. A reskinning of what you know and love about welcome to, as well as adding in additional complications to the puzzle. Yeah, I think that's the bit that I thought, like, at its core, is it a good game? Do we enjoy it? Yes, because it's very much like welcome to, it's very much like welcome to is the same DNA and welcome to is a good game, a very good game. So, I think for me, I still, it's like, it's, it's like taking a little spin on the same concept. I, I, what I enjoyed the most, as you said, like those, some of those maps that all of a sudden flipped that concept a little bit and made you think a, a bit on the side or made you think, oh, wait a second. Like there's one that's almost like Sudoku style where yeah. it's like, not only, you know, obviously it's unique, but then there's also like, it just has to be met from, you know, left to right, top to bottom. Mm-hmm. And that actually, yeah, it adds another layer of complexity. But I, I love that it was yeah. a progression of complexity. Yep. So yep. The, the maps get more and more difficult in, in order from one to eight. And I, mm. I feel like that is great if you're with a new player or you've never played Welcome To before because it's it steps you through. I would say that the, the first ones were a bit too simple, but yeah. as you get into it, it just becomes more and more interesting. Mm. How And I feel as though... 
if we hadn't have gone down the campaign mode path mm. and we'd gotten into the puzzles more, this I would be loving this game more than I am. Oh, okay. For me, yeah. the campaign actually, because it slowed down and it like just created a level of narrative and story I didn't need. Mm. Um, for me, that took away from my enjoyment. I I wanted to power through the puzzles, right. and I actually like I'm thinking a lot about the puzzles. I want to get back into it. I want to play mm. them again, but I really want to get just not deal with the campaign. Yeah, <laughs> not deal Which with the campaign. You can, but you can just play the the, the, the different yeah the yeah, different, different boards. Maps. But yeah. I will say adventures that not only if you're into campaign modes, mm. but also if like we churn through a lot of games right we play a lot of different games yes. and so for me i don't want to extend what i would consider a small box filler game into this huge experience for me that's not what this is mm. about this is about in between our big euros i want to pull out our roll and write and have the, a shorter experience mm. if though you know you don't do that and you really want to get bang for buck i think there is a lot of value in this game Absolutely. because yeah. you could play like it would take you quite a while to get through all the maps and all the story yeah. and then from there you've got eight different roll and write games yeah. that you can play um with a group of up to six so yeah. i don't know i just i really did like it i i like what it did with it like this the different directions mm. that it took it if you still give me the option of playing this versus Welcome to, oh, there's yeah, no, there's I still no would choice. go back that to the, the classic. Yeah, that, that I'd is still the go classic. Back to the, or the classic. That is the classic. But I do think this has real has done a much better job of taking that classic and taking it into different directions. Well, proper, yeah, proper giving it new life, new and puzzle. new puzzles, and new, new ways puzzle. of thinking about it, and new layers. Like really, yeah. Really um, clever. I'm yeah. looking forward to playing more of each of these maps. So yeah. um, that is Welcome to the Moon. And the final game today is mm. Dice Miner. This one was quite a surprise. So in Dice Miner, we are playing as miners going into the mines, <laughs> mining for dice. Um, and the the winner is going to be the miner who ends up having the most Points, points are going to be based on how good a mining job you did. So um, a lot of it's going to be based on sequences. So having a good uh, logical day in the mines where you got increasingly better resources or gems. If you manage to pick up any gems along the way there, you know, they're a clear point as well. Um, or the other thing is going to be, um, the, you know, there's hazards in the, in the job of being a miner. So there's going to potentially be dragons. As we all know, mm -hmm. all miners will face the dragons. very real possibility of finding dragons in your minds yeah, as you always. go excavating mm -hmm. so there's dragons and there can be cavens so so rubble and things that you have to they have to get through those if you encounter those they're going to be they're bad things but if you're prepared they actually flip on their head and they're good things so if you've got rubble but you're coming in with um, the right equipment then you actually can turn that into a positive yeah. same if you you know come in shielded you um, yeah turn Guard that into a yourself. positive the but bit that I love. I feel like you've buried the lead. Yeah. Well, what so happens much. at the end of every single day? You know, people go to the uh, to the local pub and uh, <laughs> they, they. No, I'm talking about they the get mountains. on the beers. It's the mountain. Wait, we haven't gone into that yet. Okay, I'm talking thematically. What's happening okay. at the end of the day? Well, not on the other day, but sometimes throughout the day, um, people get on the beers on and the you can beers, you can beers. shout a beer to your fellow miners, um, which then means you actually are giving them that you're rolling that dice for them, giving it to them. So that's a gift, and because of that generous gift. You get to take dibs of, you know, two um, dice um, at the same time. That's my thematic overlay of that what's was, happening in this world. That was a lot. 
uh, <laughs> of explanation about the different dice and yes. they're very thematic. Yes. But I do feel like you've buried the lead in that mm-hmm. the physical mountain. It's beautiful. The yes. physical mountain. The physical. So I know the original. Amazing mountain. The original um, deluxe edition of this game had a plastic molded mountain. But in this regular retail edition, there is a cardboard mountain included, and it is a feat of cardboard engineering. It is it sturdy is and beautiful and amazing. It, yes. it gets punched out from flat cardboard, and then it has this like accordion style thing mm. that f- that f- goes into the mountain, and then is clipped in with another piece of cardboard. It, it is holds all the dice. Wonderful. That in and of itself amazing worth the money no um luckily the game is also really great Mm. um you're filling up the mountain across three rounds so Mm. you'll be tipping from a bag which is hilarious because often they don't go on the mountain they go everywhere um but you can carefully drop them onto the mountain to create um a a drafting system and on your turn you are simply going to be drafting a dice that is available to Mm. you and what's available to you it's a die that has two sides revealed so at the start of the game you can only take die from the top of the mountain a die from the top of the mountain um, because it's revealed and as you work your way down you'll be able to get access to the die that lie underneath so Mm. as if we're mining top down does that do they do we mine top down? I don't actually I don't think, think so. so. They probably I don't know. Anyway, but as Maggie mentioned, yeah. that if you That's do a draft, a, I guess if it's a volcano, which I don't think you would want oh to no, mine sent, a volcano. I've sent you down a, a yeah. thematic rabbit hole. No, but um, I guess a mine, yeah, in a mine you would go deeper, so you do start high. I, I guess don't, I don't think you I go, from, they the go from the top of the mountain. Side. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> when you draft a die that has a beer on it, you do at any point you can roll that die, sh- die shout cheers, yeah. and then give that die to somebody else, which can help or hinder them. Or you might simply roll another beer and then they have a beer to use yeah. um, in theirs. And this game is really about set collection. So when you are drafting a dice, uh, a die, I'm going to do that the whole way through, a die from the mountain, it is placed in your collection um, with the side facing that was facing outwards on Mm. the mountain. So you can't just change the value. It is set like that. And there are many different ways that you can get points, as Maggie mentioned some of them, um, using the set um, of die that you have drafted. However, what's really interesting is there's also magic die available, which are these teal-colored die that um, at the end of the drafting phase, if you've got magic die, they are going to allow you to re-roll um, different um, dice that you've collected along the way yeah. in the hopes of getting better and stronger um, sets with better victory points. Mm. Now, the other cool thing about this game is that over the course of the three rounds, you're going to be actually keeping all of the dice that you've collected. If you have a special die that allows you to put aside some of those die with the the values that you want to keep, you can do that. Otherwise, you're going to be re-rolling all of the dice that you've collected. And then you'll be drafting again from the mountain. So there's this really nice progression in Mm. the game that as the game goes on, you've got more to work with and you can kind of have escalating victory points um, with each round. You also have an asymmetric um, player, uh, like a character that gives you a little bit of a bonus in one area um, in the form of a bonus um, die faces. Mm -hmm. And at the end of the game, the person with the most victory points uh, will win. But they – so – 
two things. One, mm. this game has a lot of luck built in because anytime you yeah, are a lot rolling of dice, rolling. dice yes. there is just luck. So yeah. you have to be okay with that. Yeah. Sometimes you're going to roll exactly what you want. Other times, yeah. not at all. Um, but the other thing is I love the tactileness of this game. <laughs> yeah. It's like a physical like roll and write, even though, well, you are rolling and you are writing mm. your score. But it's, score like, it's, got that, yeah. it's got that same puzzly feeling of trying to optimize things. Yeah. Um, but you're like actually grabbing things from the mountain. Mm. You're rearranging the dice into different sets in front of you. Um, so it's super satisfying. It is, I agree, very, very satisfying. It's very simple. Like it actually is something that, there's very very low barrier to entry you can teach it very quickly you can probably like also set it up pretty quickly there's a lot of dice to roll so you want to make sure that you have a surface that's uh, not too hard or dice loud. trays or some yeah. cups yeah, 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 yeah. I, towards the end you have so you many have dice this, like, that you're just like oh, awesome double handful of, of dice yeah. so so and, and that's the other thing that I love about it it's so satisfying that that build up that mm. progression where you start getting more and more rich with dice so so that's great and I love the beers like every time like I'm not a drinker but it's like every time it's like here's a beer for you there you go uh, good luck with that and I'm gonna go and pick a couple of dice from the from the mountain so it's got a lot of it's very clever it's it's very um very elegant in how they've managed to make something really simple and just be very fun and, and give it complete like table presence as yes, well so yes. i'm thinking about all of those light gamers in our lives that would be able to grasp this really quickly but also just like it looks fun it yeah. looks like if you were playing this at a con it looks like you're having fun because yeah. there's just lots going on yeah. uh, with the kind of mountain and the, all of the dice so, and it's not a long game it says no. i think this is from um, 20 to 30 minutes and i think that's probably, that's probably about right. yeah, how, yeah how long it took us yeah so it's a perfect in-between games sort of uh yeah, yeah. Sort of i actually game. really really likes this game yeah. i think it it does everything that it sets out to do yeah. um, with, and it's a great dice drafting game uh, it will be staying in our collection Absolutely. so that is yep. dice minor yeah. and that is all of That's our everything. games there's one last thing that i would like to mention in that if you haven't considered um joining as a channel member we have just added um, something new to our channel for 2022 um, and that is an exclusive members podcast yeah so if you enjoy small talk in particular yes this is kind of more of this <laughs> this is yeah. more of this so we um, are talking we're trying to launch these uh, youtube-based podcasts uh, once a week and basically, we are just talking about a different topic, but we also yeah. talk about a lot more life adjacencies, what we're watching on TV and all of that good stuff. Mm -hmm. um, and of course, we have our members only Discord, which is just a wonderful place yeah. to be a great community. And we often play games online together there as well. So um, please consider becoming a channel member to support the channel for through 2022. So it, is, it is on YouTube. So it's not a podcast through a podcasting sort of thing. It's going to be uh, essentially like audio yeah. um, members only um, videos but they'll sit yeah they sit yeah so as soon as you become a member you'll be able to see that Access those appear all. on YouTube yeah um, and on that note if you do listen to this on audio you will be able to find the audio tracks for small talk and back chat on Spotify um, so if you haven't found it there not just Spotify anywhere where like oh, so the audio I find it on Spotify yeah but. so the audio for the regular small talk and for back chat is always uploaded as part of the thinker theme like the overall thinker theme or podcast which we call that but that 
one is, yeah, it's just exactly this audio and that's on anywhere that you can find a podcast. Mm-hmm. So Apple, you know, um, Apple Podcasts. We're everywhere. Uh, Google Podcasts. Uh, yeah. Spotify. <laughs> anywhere else. Yeah. Um, but otherwise, thank you so much for any way that you support this channel, whether that's just dropping us a comment, liking, subscribing, all yeah. of those things help our channel. Yeah. Thank you so much for watching Small Talk and we'll be back with more board game content soon. But bye for now. Bye.